You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to a brand new episode here of the Stag Sports Rep Podcast. A lot to dive into this week. We've got a couple of teams going to NCAA tournaments as well as an individual going to the NCAAs. we got wrap-ups of everything happening on the diamonds and the courts of play. We'll also be chatting with Fairfield Softball as well as they get ready for their MAC tournament. I'm JJ Duke. Thanks for... Um, Spending some time chatting with us, hanging out with us here. It's certainly, um, it's gotten a lot nicer out after our, we actually had to back things up from a week previous that we're expected to record because of the fact that Mother Nature just washed everything out. So, hey ho, that's fun and whatnot. But, um, yeah, we're moving on this week. Uh, first off, we're getting actually right into it with an interview because we have an individual champion in Killian McGinley who won the Mac uh, Men's Golf Championship, the McLeod Trophy, as the individual champion. And he just found out where he's going to be competing in the NCAA Auburn Regional as an individual. So we're chatting with him now, Killian. First off, congratulations. I know um, it's been a long time coming for you in having a lot of success throughout your career, but it's easy to say that you're playing some of the best golf at your time right now here at Fairfield. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it was definitely kind of the ideal way to finish my time at Fairfield. Um, two wins in the last two weeks, so yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, let's go on to the first one, actually, because we were Drew and I were speaking about this prior to recording for the conference championship, that it, it's not often that you're playing, what, five, six competitive rounds in the space of eight days. That has to be a grind, but you had to get a lot of confidence knowing that you're going out to a, a very good competition in Pennsylvania. There's over 100 golfers in the field uh, between the team element and the individual, and you go and win that one. You had to be taking that down to Disney, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, the win in Pennsylvania was great. It was kind of to go out and shoot a 66 on the first day, really kind of solidified my confidence in my game um and then to follow it up with a 68 um gave me just a lot of confidence going into uh into max and and yeah it yeah, was great most definitely now you take it down to florida obviously you guys spent a bit of time down in florida different part but played both kind of some practice rounds you had a competition down in fort lauderdale obviously familiar playing at Disney but this is a different golf course that you guys have played in the past usually it's the Magnolia this is the Palm um, but what were some of the big aspects that you're taking from your game that you knew that okay if I did this and that right I would have a chance not only to help yourself but to help the team yeah so it kind of hit me in the practice round that this course the Palm course was very different to the Magnolia um, it was tight and it, you kind of had to rely on your iron play, and that's one of the strengths of my game. So I kind of had a gut feeling in the practice round that I was going to play well. I mm-hmm. didn't know I was going to win, but I, I knew that I was going to play well. Um, so it was kind of it was nice to just have a course that suited the aspects of my game that I'm I'm good at, Most um, and then bringing the confidence from the week before as well. I had a really good feeling about it. Most definitely, and also the team got off to a pretty solid start as well. Not maybe the best start you're hoping for for day one but day two my goodness i think you guys put up the low round as a team put yourself right in the mix you of course just absolutely on fire 68 and a 65 i know with golf it's easy to kind of get caught up in the moment but it's also easy just to have that very tunnel vision mentality but 
when you're having your conversations with your teammates going over the round, looking kind of ahead from day two to day three, what was the biggest mindset? Because I know you obviously have your individual, but your team also had a chance to really do something that they've never done before, albeit getting very close to winning a MAC championship, but right on the doorstep this time. Yeah, I think the mistake that we've made in previous years was putting too much pressure on ourselves in the final round. The last three years in the MAC, we've been in the final group, you know, within a few shots, even leading, um, going into the final round. We just kind of put too much pressure on ourselves, so we were aware of that this year. Um, we went out kind of on the final round and said we've never won this before, so we don't really have anything to lose. We'll just um, kind of play our games and see what happens. And obviously, Sienna played great and they outplayed us, but... I'm sure if we just keep putting ourselves in that position and keep the pressure off ourselves, we'll, we'll definitely win a MAC title very soon. No, most definitely. And obviously, kind of a little bit of a nervy uh, front nine for <laughs> you. Um, I know just a couple of wayward shots in there, some putts that probably weren't falling that they were hoping to. It's nice from our perspective. We got the camera on the 9th and the 18th, so we're able to see. But all of a sudden, when you see, okay, there's numbers dropping, the Sienna guys are playing well. And like you said, fair play to them. I mean, it's, it's so hard. You don't often play three-day competitions. It's often two days, sometimes 54 holes in two days. But credit to him they locked in but you were able to hang on and you know kind of grind out the last bit at the moment what moment did you find out that you knew that it was all over so i was playing with someone from siena mm. and he was a f- kind of a few shots behind me going into the final um final day so throughout the round i was kind of i know it's bad i was kind of comparing myself to him and mm. kind of thinking how how um how much gap have i got and then I birdied my 17th hole and he bogeyed it. So I thought I had a three-shot lead going into 18 when I actually birdied my 17th to go one one stroke ahead, which yep. I didn't know because someone from, from the mount played very well. Um, so having that kind of idea in my head that I was in the clear almost freed me up on 18 and okay. I made I made a standard par, but I didn't, I didn't actually realize I'd only won by one until I finished on 18. Yeah, well, Hank Schaefer did put up a, a solid final round to get himself in second position, but um, it, was, it speaks volumes to the fact that we've seen this program on both sides, for that matter, the men and the women, continue to have this steady climb, and you know, not just there to, hey, if a top four happens, that's amazing in terms of team finishes, but now both programs are consistently having players finish top five individually you're looking at the men always competing for first second or third the women having a really nice season this year drew and i will talk about that in a little bit but now to have yourself heading to an ncaa tournament as you said a great opportunity to cap off your career on a high note it speaks a lot about what doug and sarah and everybody involved with the program has done to get now fairfield to being a main factor not only just in the mac but really in the region yeah, definitely. Um, the coaches have done great. Um, they've really made us focus on the right parts of our game mm. and not, they've taken a very, um, Coach Oliver has taken a very technical approach to how we play. Um, and I think it's telling that every year we're getting better and better and, and both teams constantly competing for the max. So it's kind of right there in front of you just how good a job the coaches are doing how much are you looking forward to the uh to nationals right now you're going down to alabama um have you even had a chance to see the course down at auburn at least in terms of like going online or like looking at video what what are you expecting yeah so it's it's obviously really exciting i've looked at 
um, there's a software where you can kind of map out the courses and mm-hmm. stuff. So I kind of have an idea of what I'm going to hit on a lot of the tees. Um, but you never really know until you get down there. So I'm just going to play within myself. It's a long golf course. So I think the mistake that I would make would be play not play within myself and try and hit it too far or take aggressive lines and things. So I'm going to be definitely be wary of that and just play my own game and see what happens. How much fun is it going to be to carry the flag for Fairfield? I know it's not easy as being the individual. You'd love to have the rest of your team there, obviously playing but supporting each other. But it's got to be cool being the one wearing the F logo, wearing the Stag logo, walking out there saying, hey, this is Fairfield Golf. This is what we have. Yeah, exactly. It's it's um, obviously w- wish I could do it with the team, but um, I'm sure they'll they'll get a chance very soon. Um, but it will be cool to to kind of put Fairfield, as you said, kind of on the map, and and I'm not just going there to enjoy it and enjoy the fact of being at regionals. I'm there I'm there to to play well and really put a statement down. Um, both for myself and for Fairfield Athletics to kind of show what we can do. Most definitely and well said. Well, Killian, we wish you all the best. Uh, looking forward to seeing how the competition shakes out and uh, have some fun down there. I know, obviously, as you said, you're there to compete, but it's not every day that you're going down and competing in an NCAA tournament so wishing you all the best thank you so much absolutely yeah. so you can uh what you can keep an eye on how killian is doing at the division one auburn regional that will start on monday may the 15th conclude on the wednesday head over to fairfieldstags.com as well as following all the fairfield social media channels for how he's doing and again best of luck and we will now carry on with the rest of the stag sports rap podcast All right, so thanks so much to Killian for stopping by and chatting with us. Again, all the best of luck for him coming up uh, very soon at the NCAA Regionals. I mean, it's something that's truly amazing that we have an individual qualifier. I'm actually now sitting down with Drew Kingsley to have a chat. And first, just briefly, I mean, it's something that we don't get every year, and it's actually been a fair bit of time since we've had an NCAA qualifier because of winning the MAC golf championship as an individual so i mean it's a great opportunity for the program to get the name on the map and also for killian to have a great experience at the back end of his college career yeah it's it's just such a cool thing especially because you need to be you know one of one to get there it's not it's not even the top five the top three it's the top one he went out and won the mac had a tremendous weekend and now he'll head down to Auburn and play against some of the best golfers in the country on one of the best courses in the country. That's always a nice little uh, uh, nice little cherry on top as you're playing a pristine golf course down at Auburn. All right, so Drew and I are chatting with you the morning after the day before where it was <laughs> – we've certainly had a very busy weekend here at Fairfield University. We're going to touch a little bit on a few different things. We're going to have interviews with another – champion uh that would be women's lacrosse uh we'll have that free after drew and i chat and at the end of the show we'll also have a mac championship tournament preview with our softball team as well looking forward to speaking with them as they head up to buffalo it's now that time of the year where you're going here there and everywhere and logging a lot of (laughs) miles on buses but Mac Women's Lacrosse Championship Weekend, Drew. I know this is something that you and I, because we're heavily involved with that program, at least in the coverage of it, take a lot of pride every season. Um, the Twitter handle has changed. Now acknowledge the Cinco. That's five consecutive Mac Championships. But this one seemed to be, it was almost, I'll even go a step further, a coronation of what we're expecting. 
Yeah, this team, uh, to me, was just, they were a step above the Mac for most of the year. Had the one, one goal loss to a very good Niagara team, but just the, it starts at the defense. That defense is possibly the best I've ever seen here at Fairfield, uh, led by Caroline Mangan, Defensive Player of the Year, MAC Championship MVP. I think there was a stretch yesterday against Sienna. She had a cause turnover on four or five straight possessions, just wreaking havoc. And that is, of course, that whole unit doing that. Players like Kayla Bay, we've talked about who don't get the stats, but she's there. She's the premier help defender in the MAC. And then up to the offense. Right now, four 60-point scorers. Uh, also pretty good in the midfield, that starting midfield, all all MAC players. Pretty good on the draw as well, number one in the MAC there. Just a, a a really strong team this year. Very excited to see what they do this weekend. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that in just a quick second, but you, you spoke on the – the all, I mean, you could really just dissect this entire team for that matter. The 60-pointers, the Olivia Duty, Elizabeth Toluto, Libby Rowe, who, by the way – I don't know what ESPN was doing. They must have had just a really busy weekend. But the goal that she scored, a recollection of a loose ball from five yards out from her knees and cleanly raked it into her cross <laughs> and was still able to get a good, a high-quality shot. It just wasn't a, a hit and hope. It was, oh, I see where the goalie is, put it at her feet and score. Um, and then Ellie Greffenstedt getting to the 60-point mark, who, by the way, I know – the list goes on and on about the players that probably should have gotten some sort of all all conference accolades. Ellie, another sensational season for her as well. But um, that's high praise, by the way, for you saying the best defense ever ever that you've seen because this is a shot clock era. We of course had some of the early days where Fairfield, you know, you could have a a nine three game on the regular because teams could hold the ball for as long as they wanted. So that speaks volumes and. We now look ahead to Loyola, Maryland uh, coming up. That will be this Friday, the 12th. Uh, that's going to be a noon start down in Baltimore on ESPN Plus if you cannot make it. But you and I were talking a little bit. This is a game that we kind of expected the matchup would be if everything played out uh, by our projections on the seating and rankings. But this is a game five years ago um, that I don't think Fairfield would feel like, okay, it would be nice to hang in there for a half. This is a game that I think that group truly thinks that not only the the competition, besides one thing, they feel like they're winning this game. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because five years ago they did draw Loyola in the first round, and it was it was not a competitive game. Loyola was a great team that year, and Loyola is a great team this year as well. They're seventeen and two. They won the Patriot League. They're the they haven't been updated this morning, but they're somewhere either one, two, or three in scoring defense in the nation. So you're looking at two top ten defenses going head to head, and it's. Yeah, you're right. It's not it's not the old days where the MAC champion is happy to be there. This is a team, especially a team that went through the MAC like Fairfield did, that is going to go there to compete. They're going to go there and look to win. We know they're going to be well prepared. We know they're going to give it their all. It's and it's just going to be let's go head to head with a team that's top ten in the country. I mean, we saw it a year ago. Fairfield playing Syracuse, who are then the five seed in the tournament. Stags had the ball with a chance to tie in the final seconds. I expect that to be a similar scenario because, as you said, two very good defenses going at each other, and it's going to be the team that scores last is going to be the one that wins it. So I know you're going to be down there. I, of course, off air will be looking for a full report on that game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All the best to Coach Laura Field, her staff and preparations. Hat tip as well to that group. The coaching staff of the year, it's been a long time coming. 
as I hit a long pause. It's a long time coming. It should have happened a long time ago, but it's a group that fully deserves all the accolades that they get. All right, we now move um, to the Diamonds. Baseball. I mean, (laughs) how about kind of a weird last couple of weeks, by the way? Because first off, two weeks ago, Mother Nature just absolutely wreaked havoc everywhere. But worst of all was down in Central Jersey, where Fairfield were supposed to play Ryder in what was going to be maybe a preview of a MAC championship round game. Instead, no games were played, which is something that it, It's not often that it happens, but it has happened before. It's just really unfortunate that couldn't get one of those games to happen. So we now look ahead to what happened this past week. Uh, Fairfield played a couple of non-conference games against uh, Sacred Heart, as well as going down and defeating Stony Brook in back-to-back games. Also, Fairfield defeated Sacred Heart the week before with a game-ending play at the plate. Griffin Watson throwing out a runner to save a 4-3 game, but... A three-game set against Canisius, another preview of what a MAC championship round featured matchup could be. And the Stags take two out of three, winning the first 6-5, the second 8-3, losing 10-9-11 innings after chasing a couple of runs going in the ninth inning. And I Drew, you had a bit more eyes on that than I did, because while we were both at lacrosse, you had a chance to get a little bit of action of that. Um, that's a huge series win in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it was, it was a series going in. I don't think anybody expected a sweep. It was going to be 2-1 one way or the other, and when you look at those scores, it's it's what you expect from two top teams in the MAC. is it could have gone either way. All three games could have gone either way. Fairfield played from behind at times in all three of those games, and yeah, it's a big series win. Could be big for tiebreakers, not to look too far ahead, but Canisius is a team that you would expect if Fairfield's going to go through and look to win a MAC championship, Canisius is probably one of those teams that's going to be standing in the way, so it's good to pick up those wins against them. It's good to have seen a lot of the pitching they have to offer, had your had your chances against them. And uh, by the way, to, I'll say, survive a very good performance by Matt Duffy mm. in the opener, who's he's tremendous. Uh, I think we still have nightmares about him from the 2021 MAC championship. But to, you know, battle through Charlie Pagliarini, who else with a big home run against him to make sure the Stags could get into that bullpen on Friday, and then they do what they do when they get into the bullpen. They come all the way back and win it. Yeah, that they did. Speaking of Duffy, 12 strikeouts in seven innings in the opener. That is top-end level stuff. And I know the Mac has always had a great reputation of having players getting drafted and featuring at the next level. I would not be surprised that Matt Duffy is probably looking at a middle day two. So we're talking round seven, eight getting drafted this year and I would have to assume this is me taking any sort of hat off and just looking at it from the grand scheme of things if the opportunity is there he gets the right organization that man probably could be pitching in the big leagues in five years maybe less I wouldn't be surprised yeah um so yeah Fairfield winning that series um also big shout out by the way to uh Bo Baker I mean he logged some innings out of the bullpen this weekend through two scoreless in game two uh to lock it down to give what was then Jack Urbeck the win out of the bullpen. And then in game three, he went three and a third after Austinson goes. And yeah, he had to battle. He gave up seven runs in six plus innings. And Baker, you know, he'll be a little wild at times, but when the fastball's on, the fastball's on, just game went to 12 innings. And you're asking guys that maybe have not pitched much in Mac competition to go and get outs. And That's the way that it is. But Fairfield going and getting two out of three against Canisius, and it sets it up pretty nicely now that Fairfield have two series against teams that are outside the playoff picture. We'll still be, of course, fighting for it, but 
a couple series wins, maybe looking at five out of six. And there's a strong possibility that Fairfield will be one of the top two teams again in the league. So, yeah, big things to come. Yeah, it's one of those control your own destiny situations where you know the games are still to be played. Anything can happen. But end of the day, Fairfield's going into those final six MAC games and the, the the ball's in their court. Win all six and you're the one seed. Win five out of six, you're probably a top two. Win four out of six even. But either way, they put themselves in a good position. That's all you can do this time of year. Another team that put themselves in a good position and, in fact, had to basically win out in order to get into the tournament is Fairfield Softball. And we'll speak with a couple of uh, members of the team very shortly. But, I mean, we go back to that 28th of April where the series against St. Peter's basically had to be pushed up more than 24 hours just to beat the rain. Fairfield loses twice to St. Peter's, and we're all thinking it's just not the year. And candidly, when you have so many one-run games, there's just going to be only so many breaks that go your way. Fairfield then take on Siena and Marist, albeit at home, yes, but two teams that have basically already qualified for the conference tournament were even looking perhaps still for that number two seed and a buy into the uh, second round of the winner's bracket. And then the Stags put on an offensive onslaught against two of the best pitching staffs in the league, putting up 12 runs in a doubleheader against Siena and only allowing one, and then beat Marison both ends of the doubleheader, and now Fairfield's sitting you know, all pretty looking at the four seed. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a playoff weekend for all intents. It was They went into the weekend with the approach that they had to win all four. And as it turns out, they did have to win all four. If they won three out of four, they would have been the odd team out uh, missing the playoffs. So hat tip to them. They're they're clearly already in that playoff mindset, and I don't think anybody's counting them out when they head up to Buffalo this week. No, I don't think so. And I know that's been a facility that's been almost a house of terrors for Fairfield in the past few years. Um, but the good news is, it's a little different to last year where Fairfield kind of knew in the last two weeks because of that sensational run that they had. They were in the postseason. They were just fighting for the number two seed but almost kind of emptied the tank to do so. Teams that often have to be in a mentality of every game is a single elimination game, it usually brings the best out of them, and I think that's what we got from the group. Yeah, it comes with uh, being a, a, a senior veteran-laden team. Also having some really good freshmen, by mm. the way. Let's think about... Uh, Alyssa Weinberg, what she did in the circle, what everybody has done in the circle. Fairfield's going up there with three very good starters, four very good pitchers in total, and that's a pretty good position to be in, especially with the bats starting to click the way they have been. You talk about the pitching, 2.55 against league opponents, opponents only hitting 250 off of them. So that, you know, when it comes to conference tournament time, you're only as good as your pitching on some cases, and you hope that you can string together a good couple offensive innings. So we will be keeping an eye on them. As I said, we'll be chatting to a couple of players in just a little bit, but we can confirm that Fairfield will be opening up play in the MAC tournament at 1.30 on Wednesday, May the 10th against Siena. Fairfield will be the home team for this game by virtue of sweeping Siena just a few days ago. You can watch the entirety of the MAC softball championship on ESPN plus okay so just a couple of quick uh, news and notes uh, from teams elsewhere we've already talked about men's golf a little bit women's golf also competing in the MAC championships alongside the men a couple of weekends ago down in Florida Julia Town who we spoke to as a preview for that competition finished in fifth place and in fact was playing with the leaders, playing in the last group uh, all throughout the weekend. Uh, but some of the Quinnipiac student-athletes were able to find their form over the back stretch. So, uh, But Julia Town finishing fifth. 
Uh, funny enough, just one place off from where she was with Long Island a year ago. So that's pretty good, by the way. Two comp, uh, championship performances going top five or better. Um, the women's team finished fourth, and the Fairfield director of golf, Doug Holub, and also his assistant, Sarah Laterza, once again getting recognized as the women's golf coaching staff of the year, which I know we've... We don't get to chat much with Doug on any of our Stag Sports Network outlets, but I know that he puts in a lot of time and always seems to get the best out of both of his groups that he coaches. Yeah, Coach Holub has – it really starts with a love for the game. The, he loves golf, and he imparts that on his players. First of all, I think he finds student-athletes who also love golf mm. in the recruiting process, and then they come here, and he just imparts that knowledge, imparts that love for golf – He's able to make players better. I think we've seen that time and time again, and a very well-deserved award for him. And also Coach Laterza, because there are times where the men and women play in two different spots. Doug may not even be there. So obviously you always give assistant coaches credit for the head coach winning coach of the year. But in this case, a lot of times over the weekend, Sarah is the coach yeah. who is with that women's team. So a lot of due credit to her. That's why Doug was the one who said, hey, it's coaching staff of the year. It's oh, not for coach sure. of the year. No, absolutely. And I love when coaches always kind of give light to everybody on the staff. He is, uh, as the women's lacrosse feed put it on this morning, it takes a village to uh, get yourselves in a position to be successful. So congratulations to all involved. Um, tennis had their championship weekend at the same time. So we're talking April 22nd, 23rd. Both teams got to the finals after the men swept Maris. The women defeated Siena. The women losing to Quinnipiac and what has become a traditional matchup in the finals in the MAC, uh, losing 4-1. The men got swept by Siena for nothing. But congratulations to Jeff Bricker and his programs for reaching the final and once again putting themselves in a position to be successful. And uh, lastly, we're not going to be chatting to the groups today, but we're going to get to them next time to hear about the experiences of women's rowing at the MAC Championships, which is actually going to be at a new location this year outside of Saratoga, and the men will be competing in the Dad Vale competition. So we'll be speaking to both of those programs uh, in our next episode. But now uh, a bit more here on some of our uh, championship previews and looking ahead at the NCAA tournament for women's lacrosse. All right, so as Drew and I discussed a little bit, it is now time to talk about the NCAA tournament for women's lacrosse as Fairfield are going to be taking on Loyola of Maryland, though. It is funny, in the magic of editing, we can now tell you that the game time that Drew and I talked about was supposed to be at noon. Now it's at 3 o'clock. Still the same place you go and watch. It'll be on ESPN Plus as Fairfield will be taking on Loyola. And I'm happy to be joined by a couple of members of the championship winning they now have four rings. I don't know. Is it possible you can even go one for the thumb? Do we have any eligibility left? Well, actually, Elizabeth Toledo, you might have some eligibility left. Kayla Bay, this is your graduate year. Guys, first off, how are we all feeling? Are we still in cloud nine? Yes, just very grateful and um, proud of the team for our hard work all season. It finally paid off. We just knew that this was our end goal, so I'm very proud of us for getting there. Kayla, and I think um, – for me, it's really huge because my freshman year, we only beat Sienna by one in overtime. Shout out Kelly Horning. Um, and now we had running clock. So that's a huge, I mean, that alone is just shows our growth as a team um, and the culture of our team has grown so much um, from then. So I think 
that was really fun to see and to be a part of that growing period and to get up to where we are. Yeah, let's dive right into that championship game because you guys were coming off of a Quinnipiac team in the semifinals where it was a, a super physical game. We knew that was going to be the case right from the get-go. Credit to your group. You are able to jump out straight from you know the opening whistle and try to, your best to put that game away pretty early on and not allow them to have that sort of a, a tough edge. But when Siena played and of course they had that comeback on Friday against Niagara in their semifinals I know you guys were in the stands watching that game did it almost feel like you had to do the same thing over again to make sure that okay from the jump we have to weirdly enough take the crowd out of the game because Sienna credit to them they have an outstanding fan base that traveled down but basically remind everybody that this is a Fairfield hosting game and play your style not playing into Sienna's style I guess uh E, I'll start with you. Yeah, so we basically knew any team we play was going to be a challenge. And because they all, we, since we're the haunted, like they, we knew any team was going to come out for us and just be ready to play because we have such high expectations with our team. But we also knew going into every single game that nothing's promised. And we don't know the end result. So we just had to keep our heads down and just stick to what we know. And I think we did a really good job of, um, starting out with the game Friday and then carrying that into Sunday, we just like didn't take anything for granted. And I feel like we all pushed like it was it because it could have been our last game ever. So we just knew that like we just had to keep our heads down and stick to what we know. And I think it paid off and we did really well with that. Definitely. Kayla, on the defensive side of things, I know that a Sienna team that has a number of different weapons, we all know that Mary Ceres is an outstanding player. Um, Kelly Logue coming into her own during the tournament. Jordan Bentley, another great driver. Grace Dabrinsky, a great feeder. Uh, I know there's a lot of communication going on between you, Casey and Goal, Caroline, Julia, the list goes on and on in terms of your defenders, Lindsay, as well. What was the big thing that you guys needed to do early to be able to kind of take that side of the game out of their hands? Um, Honestly, I think for us was just taking to the game plan and keeping our heads on our shoulders. I mean, we know that they're a team of many abilities and I think that prepping with our team and being able to prep against one of the best attacking group in the MAC helped us a lot um a big thing for us was just staying disciplined um that was a really big goal that we were working towards and I think that we finally hit our peak this weekend thankfully um when it comes to discipline and um Honestly, we just stuck together. We stuck as a team. If one, we had our ones and twos. We had our our head on our shoulders, and when we make a play, we we made sure we finished it with the clear. And that was a really big point of emphasis as well. They do have great drivers, and I give credit to them every year. Um, but I do think that we came to play from the get go. We had a little hiccup in the beginning, but after that, we were kind of like, "All right, we're done. Shake it off and move on." And like, let's get this game that we know that we have on our back. Kayla, you talked about discipline. I know it's obviously very difficult when, especially in that final where, unfortunately, Sienna, you could see that the frustration was building at times and they're almost trying to, if anything else, rope your group into maybe taking, you know, in ice hockey terms, some dumb penalties and some mistakes that you don't want to make. But it never seemed for an instant that your group was going to get out of your own way you're going to play your style how much of that is kind of a credit to the coaching staff just to remind the group that yeah that, listen Fairfield lacrosse first and foremost play within ourselves don't do anything out of our own way and then second for you guys on the field kind of keeping that message um I would definitely give I would say 99% of the credit to the coaches I mean they 
are on us every single day about discipline and about being the best that we can be, but not stepping over that line, that boundary of going too much or checking towards the head or anything. And I would say that our coaches this year, I mean, like this year alone, they really stepped up and it made us step up. They changed our culture and they really helped us flourish, especially in the defensive end. I mean, Lindsay's new this year, but she really, she really helped change our defense and we really step out more now because of it. And when it comes to discipline, I mean, Laura's on us every single day about discipline. So I would I would give all the credit and that one percent goes back to my defense on the field because you know we we do get on each other enough where we have the respect for each other as players, but we don't overstep that line of um players. <laughs> so it's nice being able to we kind of rely on each other and our coaches, which is we created a good environment this year. And obviously Jen as well too. I mean, she's always looking out for her attacker to start practice. So we really, we really towed the line in the beginning of the year. You can kind of see it. And I think that we really zoned in on that this year and you could tell in the way that we played. So um, credit everywhere where credit's due. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it's kind of funny how we've been watching the evolution of Fairfield women's across grow where a, a few coaches and rightly so um, stylistically said, oh yeah, it's, it's the same old Fairfield. We kind of know expecting what is going to come in. Now it's, you're playing to a style that can take it to frankly, the best teams in the country and play with a speed and a tempo that can see them see your guys having a lot of success. So E, we look ahead now coming up on Friday, Loyola statistically one of the best defensive teams in the nation. We, we know that there's a reason why that I think it was something like at one point in late April, they were only allowing five something goals per game against league opponents and really had hardly had any games where they were challenged um, in league competition. You guys are starting to see what the video looks like on them. I'm, I know you guys are a bunch of lacrosse junkies as well. So you're probably, we're kind of keeping an eye on how things are going elsewhere. So what are some of the things that people at home should be looking at when your offense goes on the field against what is a very, very good defense? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say the number one thing about our offense is that we are very dynamic. I can confidently say anyone who is on the attack and score if they need to. So I just think we all work so well together, whether it's assisted goals or just driving in scoring. I just think we're so dynamic and that's hard to scout for other teams. But also with Friday, I just think we need to believe in ourselves and just really have confidence going into this game. And if we do that, I think we really have a good chance of proving what we can show and what we can do. Most definitely. And I know that, and kind of before I get to the uh, the wrap up question, end all be all, this group has always had a mantra of you want respect from the committees, you want to be ranked, you want to be a team that's not just someone that plays in League X, you want to be a team that should be, and the play on the field has proven it, that you guys are a team that are amongst some of the best in the nation. However, with the wrap up question coming, how is this season been different than the others because each of each of the season that you guys have been a part of Fairfield Women's Lacrosse has ended with the same thing. COVID year aside, has ended with a championship and an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. So for both of you guys, um, Kayla, you start first. What has this year been different than the previous? Um, I kind of touched on this already a little bit, but I would say the culture of our team has completely shifted. Um, like you said a little bit, we are lacrosse junkies. We do love watching our games. And I think that 
with our love of the game growing, you can see it in every year versus just one class watching. I mean, our freshmen, sophomores, all the way up, we all really love the game and it shows on the field. And then on top of that, like our culture has changed. It used to be you would show up five minutes before practice, stretch and get ready to go. Now we have people here at like 8 a.m. hanging out all day, ready to go. So, I mean, we I, it just shows how much we love this game and we love what we're doing. And I think that's when we have that's when we have the most success is when we do love what we're doing. And you could see it on the field, like the passion when there's four assists, like there are four passes that an assist to a goal. It's it's gorgeous to see. And mm. and then you could see on defense when there's a cost turnover, somebody else gets a ground ball, we clear it beautifully. Like we have just grown so much as a community and within our team, coaches included, that we our love of the game has just developed. And I think that that's really what shifted for me um coming here in 2018 to now um we've really grown as a community and I really hope that we get the respect that we kind of have earned at this point Mm -hmm. yeah and kind of going off of what Kayla said I honestly think similar to culture I think confidence was huge like I think our team is a lot more confident and I think we finally realized like that we are able to compete with these top teams and that if we just play together and believe in ourselves we can leave it all out in the field so to the culture and the confidence, I think that, and just honestly the love for the game, kind of what Kayla was saying, I just think we all just don't want it to end and want to keep going. And, like, we said today at practice, like, why not us? Like, why not prove to people that we can stick with these teams and be more, like you said, JJ, just someone else that doesn't win just their conference. Like, we want to keep going. I think we have the confidence this year to do that. Kayla Bay, Elizabeth Toledo, all the best this weekend. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing how you guys – Get on out there. Should be a whole lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, JJ. So that was, again, our preview of the NCAA Women's Lacrosse first round competition between Fairfield and Loyola. You could watch that game again at 3 p.m. on Friday, May 12th on ESPN+. Plus. Stay with Fairfield Socials as they get on. And when we come back, we'll have our Max Softball preview as Fairfield heading up to Buffalo to compete for a Mac championship. All right, our final segment here on the Stag Sports Wrap. We're going to be sitting down with a couple of members of Fairfield Softballs. They're going to be heading out to the conference championship up in Buffalo, New York. Yes, the drive that nobody wants to take, but at least if it's involved in a championship weekend and maybe bringing a championship trophy back home, that'll be a very sweet six-plus-hour ride. But uh, the team is going to be heading out. In Well, we're talking on the Monday, but probably the next couple hours or so getting up to Buffalo. And then they'll be taking on Siena in Game 1 on Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. You can watch the entirety of the Max Softball Championships on ESPN+. I'm happy to be joined by our shortstop, Matty Robichaux, and our ace in the circle, Sam Lindsay. Guys, we Drew and I were talking before, basically this past weekend was postseason play you had to win out you could not rely on anything else but Sam how crazy was it knowing that the scenario was exactly it was but the positive bit is you're playing on your dirt at home and you can kind of control the intangibles a little bit I mean it was awesome like going into this weekend we just really focused on like the team aspect of the game and we knew not one person was going to win the game for us and we were like let's go in team effort it was senior day like 
Maddie and I, it was our careers were on the line. So, and Haley as well, and Caitlin. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of upperclassmen. <laughs> we should put that in yeah, perspective. Yeah, like as well. I feel like that was always in the back of my head throughout this whole weekend, and I know it was in theirs as well. Um, so that just gave us like the driving force mm. to get through it, and the younger kids were really supportive through it as well. No, most definitely. We turned the page back one weekend prior that St. Peter's series, which I know there was a lot of logistical things. You had to move that series up more than 24 hours just to beat the weather. But then it's that one run thing that kept coming back. And Maddie, I know the season has basically been all about tight games, everything going down to the wire. Does that make the group stronger than anything else, knowing that you've been in this situation over and over again, that you know what it takes? Yeah, I mean, that seventh inning has haunted us mm. this whole season. But I think this past weekend, we really pulled through and finished the game. Um, I'm really proud of how we overcame that well, last weekend at St. Peter's. Um, it was just a great win all around on the, this past weekend. No, most definitely. And I mean, um, looking at, at the course of this season, obviously the tight games were there. But the pitching, Sam, I know in your department, the group from a year ago basically graduated almost every inning in the MAC. You had the opportunity along uh, with Allie and Alyssa and Bailey to kind of come in and make your stake. All those tight games early, especially knowing that we had the Mount coming in at the beginning, a team that we hardly ever seen before. Actually, funny, I had seen before because I did the NEC tournament. Um, but then Ryder coming in, another very good team, able to kind of navigate through that. But as the course of the season went on, you really locked in over um, Mac play. So what was working for you? Um, I mean, like, I think I just, before the season started, um, the four of us really came together and we were like, all right, Allie had the most experience out of all of us. So we kind of just jumped on her back and took advice from her the whole year. And she's been a huge support to me. And even when she's behind the plate, like mm. that's awesome to have a pitcher behind the plate because she knows what we're going through at, in the circle. Um, I mean, just having confidence and building confidence throughout the year really has worked for me. And I think knowing that Alyssa or Bailey and Allie can come in behind me and close a game and finish it out. Like, we all really trust each other, and I think that's what's super important about the four of us. And the nice bit as well is you know you got a defense behind you that's going to make a lot of plays. And, Maddie, on the left side of the infield specifically, where you're dealing um, with all the demands of a shortstop, it's not exactly the easiest job in the world, but then you you get changes at third base throughout the course of the season where Casey plays a few games and a pair of Vati, who, by the way, is an absolute vacuum over there at third base, and then you don't miss a ball ever. So let's, <laughs> let's not forget that as well, as I often say in the broadcast, it's always fun to watch you operate over at shortstop, but um, the defense has been very good this season, and we're seeing everybody making plays out there. It's not just you know always an outfielder coming up with a grab, but it's everybody putting in a shift. Yeah, I mean, we have um, a very young team, and some games when we have, I'm surrounded by all the freshmen. It's, uh, it's pretty funny to see, but everyone is so confident, and they've gotten more confident as the season's gone on. Anna's really stepped up. Um, I know I've been having Casey by my side for the past three years, so it's a little different, but she's definitely been working hard and figuring things out over there. Yeah, I know as a former third baseman myself, that communication aspect on the left side is a thing because yeah. especially when you got a lot of small ball action going on, you have to make sure everybody's covering positions and doing their job. And offensively, it seems I know uh, Coach Brzezinski has been hot on trying to find more barrels, trying to have better approaches at the plate. And I know the group has really started to come together. It starts at the top with Charlie. She does her job getting on base, and then everybody else has got to just keep the line going. But it seems like the approach is – I think probably from the Hartford doubleheader on have been really solid. 
Definitely. I mean, all of a sudden, like, our bats have definitely been coming through. Uh, we really saw it during St. Peter's when we were starting to hit the ball harder and faster. Um, definitely when Charlie or the top of the lineup gets things going, it gets the team more confident with the rest of the game, and that really helps us push through the games. Most definitely. We look ahead now to this weekend. Uh, we kind of joked before going on air that Buffalo has not exactly been most friendly to this group. It has been in the past, though, as Fairfield have won a championship up there back in 2017. No, 15 it was. 15 we went up there and won. 17 was the Destiny Pilato era down at Iona, which I do remember that. And I remember watching that LSU game the uh, week after, and I was like, we could win this thing, you know? Like, she was rocking, but that's... We're, we're going nostalgia looking at <laughs> it shows how long I've been here, but um, looking at this weekend, I know the past of the past, we can only control the present right now, but how confident um, Sam, are you guys feeling knowing that you could go up there, especially having this mentality of you have to win every game just to get yourself in this position. They can just do it again this week. I mean, I think these last four wins have really showed us that we can go up there and mm. do teams that we're not supposed to beat technically, but who cares? Why not us? Why can't we win? Um, I mean, we've seen everybody that we're going to play up there, and we've been confident for the most part, and like we've done well against these teams like pretty much the whole year. Like Iona, Siena, Maris, Mount, it was two one nothing games. Like, yeah. That, those were two amazing games. And then Canisius, the first game was awesome. And then the second game was a little rough, but whatever. We, we, we <laughs> dust that on there. Yeah. But you bring up a good point. You're, you're playing teams at the end of the season that you're playing in the playoffs. So you have to not only win these games, but you're playing the caliber of type of pitching that you're going to have to get after again. And the pitching at the same time on your side, has you know that you have to be there. Yeah. I think just like going in with confidence and flushing the past whatever mm. years that we've been there. Like, who cares about those? This is this year and our team is just it's awesome the team culture this year is so much it's just wonderful I don't know I love being around these girls and I think we want to keep that rolling so that'll push us through well I know there's going to be a lot of positive things coming your guys way there's just something that feels right I know Drew and I were talking about last year the run-in was winning every game to try and get the number two seed but then all of a sudden it's just like that one loss you knew that something negative was going to happen I feel like today or this past weekend is going to be translating a lot, lot better. So get some sleep on the bus. Or do you guys watch movies? What, what are we doing on the bus? Sometimes Coach Beast throws on a movie, okay. blasts it so you can't really sleep, but it's always a good time. Fair enough. Well, um, enjoy the, hopefully it's just a non-eventful drive up there. Have some fun this weekend. And uh, hey, like you said, why not? Bring home a title. See what happens. Let's do it. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So that's going to do it for our preview of the MAC Softball Championship. Again, it starts on Wednesday, 1.30 against Siena. You can watch that on ESPN+. And to keep an eye on what the rest of the schedule will look like, go to MacSports.com. That's going to also do it for today's episode of the Stag Sports Wrap Podcast. For everyone here, for my partner, Jake Kingsley, I'm JJ Duke signing off. We will talk to you next time. But until then, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.